When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time once again to stop pyramid schemes, scams, and other forms of corruption. If you missed your chance to pick up the original Illuminati pyramid plushie with an eye out for corruption, don't fear, she's back and better than ever. Makeship is doing a time warp campaign and they're relaunching some of the original campaigns and my plushie is one of them. So if you missed your chance about what, two, two and a half years ago at this point to grab the original pyramid plushie with the magnifying glass, she's back, but only for about two weeks. So if you wanna get your hands on one, head on over to makeship.com or just click the link in the description box to go right to my plushie. They can't see, but we have all the technology to fix it. Yep, half of all the blindness in the world is people who need a 10 minute surgery. Crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Mr. Beast is, without a doubt, one of the most influential YouTubers out there. And that's not because he's a makeup artist, musician, comedian, or model. He's a philanthropist. Mr. Beast, also known as Jimmy, started off by giving thousands of dollars to people experiencing homelessness. Now he's out here creating extreme challenges where you can win like half a million dollars and creating a positive impact seemingly everywhere he goes. He gave away 20,000 shoes to children in Africa. Kids in South Africa, the only thing standing between them and an education is a simple pair of shoes. Let me explain. Mountains of school supplies, because rebuild homes, and help treat people with blindness. Chances are, if you've been on YouTube for any length of time, I don't need to tell you who he is. You already know. And if you're one of his fans, then you may have been one of the people rolling your eyes at the recent controversy that he's found himself in. And on the surface, it seems pretty stupid. Mr. Beast tweeted, I need your help to his followers, asking them to clean up his Feastables brand chocolate if they saw it on display at Walmart. He added that if they wanted to move aside his competition, Hershey's, to make room for his chocolate, that would be great too. It really doesn't help that Hershey's was literally in the middle of their own controversy at the time. Whether or not he knew still seems to be seen, but it doesn't ultimately matter. Obviously, he was kidding about the Hershey's part. At best, it was a bad joke, and at worst, it was reckless and irresponsible to tweet something like that to a following full of young people. The thing is though, being a YouTube star, Mr. Beast is going to have some more connection to his audience than like a traditional celebrity would. Some of the younger people that consume his content and his chocolate bars and you know whatever else he produces are more than happy to do this for him because they don't see it as helping a corporate giant. Whereas if Nestle or Hershey had been the one to tweet this out, people might've jumped on the stop asking for free labor bandwagon even harder. Or see like the crab with the hyper eyes or whatever, that's like silence corporation. Like we might see more of that, but you don't see that when referring to Mr. Beast. Seriously, after curing a thousand people of their blindness, are people really going to get upset over a tweet about straightening up some chocolate bars? As it turns out, people were upset with the blindness thing too, with one Twitter user going so far as to call it demonic. Now, while the video did upset many, it wasn't Jimmy doing the upsetting act here. It's the fact that a thousand people had to live with a completely curable form of blindness that they simply couldn't afford to fix because of the cost. And it wasn't until Jimmy stepped in that they were able to get the help that they needed. And it's not just this, none of the controversies or criticism that Jimmy has faced have ever really stuck to him or harmed his reputation in the long run, at least not as far as I can see. When you bring such a net good to the internet and act so selfless despite having wealth, it's understandable why someone might be a bit more forgiving. But 
This doesn't mean that Jimmy is above criticism either. I'll freely admit that yes, he has done a lot of good and has truly changed the lives of many for better. And I don't wanna diminish that. But at the same time, if Jimmy wants to inspire others, it's worth recognizing that his charity and brand do come with some downsides from how he gives away wealth to his Beast Burger brand, to his plan to cleaning up the oceans with Team Seas and more. So I'm the Illuminati. And today we're going to explore all of that on today's episode of The Corporate Casket. So the next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna order a cheese pizza and tip the guy $500. Homeless people don't care if I use them for views. <laughs> See the sign. <laughs> oh. Mr. Beast, you are famous for, uh, you're kind of a stunt man and not in the traditional sense. But I wanna hear how you describe it. You have the most brilliant way of saying that you make lots of money. I agree. <laughs> I've talked about poverty tourism on The Leftist Mafia before, which is a podcast that I'm a part of every Thursday evening, 5.30 PST over on my Twitch and on my second YouTube channel, Illuminati TEA. I'm with a panel of five other folks, so six of us together, and we all talk about current event news and topics and things going on. Now, in episode 14, we discussed that icky feeling that you get when you see Mr. Beast doing all of these good deeds and gaining so much fame because of it. and Stay with me because I know that that sentence is like, well, wait a minute, hold on, let me explain. While yes, recognizing people for charity work is important and should definitely happen more often, there is something that's almost inherently gross about Jimmy's content. And this is of course my opinion here, not a fact. Many of you clearly enjoy his content, maybe not those who listen to me, but many people do enjoy his content and that's fair. I understand that not everyone's going to feel the exact same way. And this is kind of on a spectrum. Some people don't care. Some people feel very strongly. Some people don't care at all. But I think there's a real reason like why his videos have come under fire. Now, I can't say why the curing blindness one in particular sparked this whole kind of debacle. Some articles point to the quote, distasteful thumbnail that paints Jimmy as this incredible hero helping a poor helpless child. But the general outrage covers a few key points. For one, at the end of the day, Mr. Beast benefits from the desperation of people living in poverty. Their gratitude and their gratefulness makes him look good. So viewers get a warm, fuzzy feeling through seeing someone helped or seeing one person able to get off the streets, but the circumstances don't feel quite right. Like consent during filming. Jimmy has even joked about this before, asking one man experiencing homelessness if he would tell the camera that he's okay with being filmed. Jimmy joked, Homeless people don't care if I use them for views after the man said it was the best day of his life. And hey, maybe this man really didn't mind being filmed. Of course, that's absolutely possible. But when Jimmy laughs and makes the joke, it sure doesn't feel like he's taking the situation seriously. Uh, Got no legs, my arms messed up. Ah, doesn't sound- Trying to support a family. Oh, really? Do you have kids or something? I got two kids. I got a a girl that's uh, 15 and my little boy is seven. Oh, well, I, uh, what are you up to doing with the camera? I'm a YouTuber. I'm going around giving random. He doesn't tell his young, impressionable so. audience that getting people's permission to film is important, and he would never film someone without their consent. If anything, he's kind of teaching the opposite. Earlier in the video, this man asks what the cameras are for, which leads me to believe that Jimmy didn't tell him before he or his friend pressed the record button. And he asks only after telling his life story, including some vulnerable personal details. His situation and others, whether it's about losing a job, losing a family member, divorce, or substance abuse, is now on the internet for millions and millions of people to see. And I understand that, hey, Jimmy was just probably trying to show that anyone can fall on hard times and fall into this position and more people need sympathy. 
but why should that come at the expense of that person's privacy? I've read some opinions about this and seen people call it patronizing or insist that it's not inspiring real good. But only giving people the motivation for, you know, some head pats and views to help others. One Reddit user said that when they were homeless, if a picture or video meant food in their stomach, of course they would have done it, but that doesn't necessarily mean they wanted to. This anonymous user added that even church groups will do similarly frustrating stunts all the time. Quote, what's worse though, is what a friend of mine calls religious kidnapping. That's when you haven't eaten for sometimes days and a church group sets down a decent spread of food and the aroma hits you. Your stomach starts doing flip-flops and making noise in anticipation. Then they say, we'll eat in a minute, but first some words from God to feed your soul. It's virtually torture. Hearing this and reading other articles about the subject matter has led me to one important question. Why not film afterward? We see so many YouTubers approach people with cameras, putting on these giant personalities and wanting these big reactions for views. So why not just not do that though? Instead, if I saw Mr. Beast and other philanthropic YouTubers like him making videos after the good deed had been done, I think people may be far less critical and likely to call it poverty tourism or charity porn. Like imagine this, Jimmy goes up to someone experiencing homelessness without a camera and offers them money, food, whatever he intends to give. Then he explains that he has a YouTube channel and asks if they would be willing to talk to his audience about their experience, no strings attached. Whether or not the person agrees, of course they would still keep everything he's already given them and they're not obligated to talk to the camera after. Personally, I think I would prefer this kind of formatting. And while it's worth noting that Mr. Beast has evolved and doesn't make that specific style of content anymore, the format is still very similar. There may still be a strange power dynamic in place, a sense of obligation from the people he's helping to appear on the channel and smile because it means help they can't get otherwise. That's why in recent weeks, ABC News reported on this problem of philanthropy as a spectacle, writing, quote, "'The resulting core dilemma in its simplest form "'is whether Mr. Beast is parasitically feeding off "'entrenched inequalities to build his brand, "'exploiting disabled folks for clout "'and ultimately revenue. "'Alternatively, is Jimmy Donaldson "'generously giving his wealth and influence "'to promote valuable causes that would benefit millions, "'undertaking acts far more admirable "'than his contemporaries with similar influence and reach?' Is it simultaneously both a virtuous circle and novel innovation in philanthrocapitalism in packaging charitable giving as mass entertainment for a new generation? Truthfully, at least right now, it's hard to say and only Jimmy can know his true intentions here. Speaking to intentions is always something I have trouble doing because it's almost always impossible to fully understand without being in their head. I know my intention in making this episode is to better understand why Mr. Beast's content has rubbed so many the wrong way and to see if his videos can do general harm in addition to the obvious help. But I'm still sure I'm gonna get some comments accusing me of just being a hater or having an inherent bias against him. So you're never gonna change those people's minds. If you're listening, I know I'm not gonna change your mind. It's okay, leave your little comment. It gives engagement on a YouTube video anyway and just scurry about your day. This episode's more for the critical thinkers anyway. So let's go ahead and move past this icky feeling and get into some of the more objective observations. Does this new form of philanthropy help people in the long run? Wow. Yo. Welcome to my wonderful creation. Oh my gosh. It is Candyland in here. Look at the river. It's a chocolate door. Oh, he's taking a bite out of our door. That's good. These 10 contestants are all here because they found a golden Unfortunately, there are still several more things that Jimmy's critics struggle with. For one, there's the extravagance. Like, yes, you're giving people eye surgery to see, but also eating $100,000 worth of ice cream and building a mock Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Oh, yo, dude. 
Dude, it's a marshmallow area. Coming to terms with a very like over the top, expensive and seemingly wasteful channel and also a very philanthropic giving and charitable channel is difficult. And personally, I think that's why Jimmy has to separate Mr. Beast's philanthropy and from like his usual antics, like just entirely. There's also the idea of helping disabled and in need people while simultaneously mocking people in need on the main channel. Again, this was mentioned in the Leftist Mafia episode, but it's really hard to reconcile someone being sensitive to people's needs and dire situations when he also starves himself, attempts to survive prison and spends 50 hours in solitary confinement for views. Though Mr. Beast says the starvation video was to see how his Crohn's disease would react if it would reduce his inflammation, others said it felt like promoting eating disorders to his young audience and glorifying or sensationalizing solitary confinement, which is an actual form of torture to you know over hundred million people, it feels a bit questionable at best. However, if his loud and lucrative videos work, then you know, fuck it, right? If some colorful, ridiculous stunts mean that thousands of kids can have new shoes, then let's give the kids shoes, right? Well, let's take a look at what the experts in this field have to say. Luckily for us, Why Philanthropy Matters wrote an article on this topic and outlined the pros and cons of Mr. Beast's content. So let's go ahead and take a look at that analysis. First and foremost, the article says that Mr. Beast is doing good, even if it's not in a quote, ideal way. He's also modeling the idea of giving back. While he's nowhere near the level of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk in terms of wealth, he's sure as hell doing more than many people above him. Plus he is allowing viewers to see that giving has a direct impact on people's lives. And all of that is really important. As for the cons, Why Philanthropy Matters says that many of his videos are quote, so obstantaneously about him. I will actually give Jimmy some credit here. In his video about giving shoes to children in need, he appeared very little and his team interviewed the teachers of these kids. To imagine what our kids have to go through on a normal day. To them, domestic violence is definitely normal at home. These schools not only offer an opportunity- I don't think this episode really centered around Jimmy nearly as much as some of the others do. And maybe this is a positive change for future episodes to come from him. The article continues down the path of cons though, and says this, and I quote, these videos give the impression that philanthropy is all about wealthy loan saviors swooping in and spraying money around to recipients that they have personally chosen instead of acknowledging that most philanthropy is about the fairly considered distribution of resources through a range of expert nonprofits who do their best to ensure that those resources get to the areas of greatest need. I personally would not go so far to say that Mr. Beast is some horrible white savior meets poverty porn guy that just wants to control people with his money and make everyone think he's amazing. I think that actually would be pretty demonic. Whether I know his intentions or not, I don't believe he's an awful human being. But I do also agree that his modeling of philanthropy on his main channel is not sustainable. Beast Philanthropy as an organization, giving out shoes and rebuilding homes does seem more sustainable because it doesn't just show one person going out and handing cash. Not only that, but these one-on-one philanthropy videos seem to put these recipients in a role where they can only quote, offer an opportunity for our hero protagonist to demonstrate just how benevolent and good he is. The suffering, struggle, poverty, and illness that these people face, whether disabled or homeless or whatever, is shown in great detail but it leads them to looking hapless and with no agency. They need to look quote, deserving or pathetic as possible to get the best views possible. And I think that sucks. It doesn't just suck because you disagree with Jimmy either, but it's led to so many copycats also starting to fill this new space. 
just going around and giving money to people for clout or fame is easy. And whether or not you think Jimmy has done that, there are copycats in the YouTube space that certainly seem to be. This is Mr. Beast's warehouse and I'm going to spend the next three days customizing it. And then I'm going to surprise Mr. Beast with it. One YouTuber named ZHC is an artist that gives away customized or drawn on phones, cars, tiny homes, and creates similar extreme art challenges for exorbitant amounts of money. His thumbnails, icon, and channel banner are all, in my opinion, very similar to Mr. Beast's styling and just his overall kind of formula. ZHC isn't shy about being inspired by Mr. Beast though, and he's risen to his own level of fame too. He hasn't just met Jimmy, but actually works with him on episodes. A few months ago, he customized a Mr. Beast warehouse and surprised Jimmy with it for a video. He's done the same with a Tesla too. However, he's also been accused of treating the artists he works with like straight up crap, and basically making them work for free and not giving them the credit that he's promised. And when I say work, I don't mean making a single drawing either. Even though you should never make someone work for free at all, I mean like making gigantic sculptures and houses out of colored pencils and things like that. And yes, despite these accusations from multiple artists coming out over a year ago, Mr. Beast has still collaborated with him since then. And no, ZHC hasn't come out and apologized publicly for this either, despite acknowledging that he's done several of the things he's accused of. At least for the record, not that I'm aware of. I have not seen or found an apology. I don't think he's apologized privately either, but again, I can't know that for certain. And this is just one, you know, Mr. Beast copycat. There's also a Russian copycat that rips off Mr. Beast's thumbnails. YouTuber Matt Beam, who replicates Mr. Beast's content and thumbnails, an Indian Mr. Beast copy, like the list just goes on. It's like there's a Mr. Beast type for every country, every demographic, every whatever. And while copycats can happen for almost any famous YouTuber, I think it's somewhat telling that the YouTubers who replicate Jimmy's content are said to be pretty wasteful and just very loud. People know him for the challenges, for the outrageous videos, and if Mr. Beast genuinely wants to be a philanthropist, this doesn't feel like the best way to go about it. But aside from these debates around this form of giving, let's talk about two distinct situations in which it doesn't feel like Jimmy fully thought out what he was presenting to his followers and for his customers. I present to you Beast Burger and Team C's. We're gonna go ahead and start with Beast Burger. Where's Mr. Beast Burger? How many of them do you have? Uh, so right now we don't have any physical. We have 1,600 virtual restaurants. Oh, so you yeah. order it online and then they deliver it? Yeah, Let so me just get straight uh, to the point here. Beast Burgers are made in ghost kitchens. And if Jimmy or his team had done any in-depth research whatsoever, they'd know that ghost kitchens can be a dangerous, bad idea. And this isn't particularly hard to find out either. Eddie Burback actually did a fantastic video about ghost kitchens, and he does mention Beast Burger specifically. And the New York Times released an article about the rise in ghost kitchens two years ago, also talking about Jimmy's new chain. Now, the reason why these are concerning is actually a pretty simple one. They're not well-regulated. You can see a restaurant's grade or health department assessment pretty easily when you're going to eat there in person. They're often required to be displayed in the window. Whereas with a ghost kitchen, accessing that information is far more difficult, even if they have that information in the first place. So. Let's say that a small restaurant, whether a chain or a local eatery, gets a bad grade for their kitchen. It's remarkably easy for them to just open up a new one from that same kitchen, slap a silly little different name on it, and start listing food on Grubhub, Uber Eats, or whatever meal delivery service you'd like. They can even change their menu in the process, even if they may not be inspected for that particular menu. 
The health inspector in Needham, Massachusetts told The Globe that this can lead to other issues. Quote, if we think a restaurant is not preparing burgers and there is a foodborne illness involving burgers and we think it can't possibly come from that restaurant because they don't prepare burgers, that's a problem. Yes, ghost kitchens can have a lot of benefits. Having, allowing smaller eateries to stay open during the pandemic is a big one. However, large chains enjoyed these same benefits too, sometimes opening dozens and dozens of menus and new restaurants that took business away from the mom and pop ones. According to the New York Times, when Mr. Beast put his Beast Burger out there into the world, far more than local burger places took up the mantle and made selling his menu, like Bertucci's, Buca di Peppo, Brio Italian Grill, and other chains are also operating Mr. Beast Burger locations or whatever, Beast Burger locations. And let's be brutally honest with each other here. Even if Jimmy really wanted to give his followers an epic, delicious burger, do you think that these chain ghost kitchens give a shit about that? Do you think that they care about his reputable name for the money? I think it's not surprising that many fans have had lackluster experiences with Beast Burger. In fact, during the pandemic, I actually did try Beast Burger once just to kind of try it. I was hanging out with my friends, Zach and Robin. You may know them as some of the voice actors over on MK. And we decided to try Beast Burger one day because it was deliverable in range. And we were like, okay, well, we've heard a lot about it. Let's try it. Uh, I ended up getting violently sick. Like I, I literally threw up in their bathroom. It was pretty embarrassing. But anyway, this isn't necessarily Mr. Beast's direct fault, but it's still his name on the burger. It's still his branding. And if he actually cares about giving his young fans or you know whoever a good experience, you'd think that he'd be paying attention and realize that maybe this isn't working as intended and go back to the drawing board, but he didn't. There's also the matter of how Jimmy presents the idea in the first place. So when he announced Beast Burger to the world, he said that he opened up 300 restaurants. Not that he was basically lending his brand out to ghost kitchens, which is far closer to the truth. Personally, I feel that when you're putting your brand on food, especially when you have such a gigantic audience, the very least you can do is ensure that it's safe and that you know where the burgers are being made and know that the kitchens are up to code. So long as Mr. Beast is using ghost kitchens, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to do that. I literally just opened 300 restaurants all across America, but we only serve people through delivery apps. Basically open up whatever you use and search Mr. Beast Burger. And we Had he been transparent about how Ghost Kitchens work to his audience, I might be less critical, but he didn't. This is another revenue stream for him. It's just another way of earning money. And even if he does intend to give it away charitably, I don't really personally approve of how he's earning it in the first place. But this isn't the only time that Jimmy's massive plans have been, in my opinion, poorly thought through. We're gonna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors, and then we're gonna go ahead and talk about Team C's. When it comes to saving money as a small business owner, every little bit helps. ShipStation gives you access to discounts up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates, and you can manage every order from one simple dashboard. And when you get started with ShipStation, it is one, you get a free trial by using my code, but two, it is one of the fastest, quickest setups I've ever tried. It integrates very easily with all the stores you're probably using to sell, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and pretty much whoever. And you can compare shipping rates on everything on one simple dashboard for all of those different vendors, which is really amazing. Over 130,000 other companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. ShipStation automates and makes all these routine tasks easy from one simple dashboard. I'm talking your shipping tasks, printing shipping labels, comparing rates and delivery times so that you can optimize every shipment every time. 
and with enterprise solutions that make warehouse optimization easy, ShipStation scales when you do. So worry less about the bottom line when you can save some money with ShipStation. Right now, if you go to ShipStation.com and use code CASKET, you can get a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, use code CASKET. Today's episode is also sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Now, when you're going around on the internet doing your online shopping, because at this point, all of us shop online for something, um, doesn't it feel great? when you get a coupon or you just get a little percentage off, like, isn't that just an amazing feeling? Like, hey, I was already about to buy this thing, but now I get this sick, you know, 15, 20, 30% discount. I know I feel great about it. Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. And again, it's super easy. You just do your shopping. And then when you go to check out, the little Honey button drops down and asks if you'd like to apply coupons searches for a working coupon. And if it does, it applies it to your cart. And just like that in a snap, you've got savings. And hey, it works for so many different industries. If you're shopping for clothing, tech gadgets, of course, one of my favorites, pizza, as you know, for D&D sessions, you always need hot and ready pizza. And it's great that you were already gonna buy said food product, item, whatever. And then again, you just happen to get a discount because Honey was just doing its thing in the background. It's kind of nice, kind of easy, kind of awesome. And Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone and you can save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash casket. Again, that's joinhoney.com slash casket. New project is called Team Seas. Please welcome Mark Rober and Mr. Beast. After Team Trees, the mission to plant millions and millions of trees worldwide came Team Seas, a project to clean up the ocean. Jimmy and Mark Rober, another famous YouTuber you may recognize, teamed up with the Ocean Cleanup to fund these gigantic machines that scoop up all the plastic in our rivers before they reach the ocean. And this sounds like a fantastic idea and seems largely based on the studies that claim that only 10 rivers carry 93% of the world's trash. If you clean up these 10 rivers, then theoretically our problems would be drastically reduced. It's an incredible idea. However, if it was this simple, why hadn't we done it before? Well, truthfully, it's because it's not that simple. In April, 2021, a study from Science Advance argues that there are far more than just 10 rivers contributing to the trash entering our oceans. The ocean cleanup did acknowledge this new information and say that although the scale of the plastic problem has grown, their mission has not changed. And while you can admire their determination, it does kind of feel like the problem they were designed to solve as a whole changed entirely. It's still worth funding, right? Well, apparently that's up for debate too, because apparently removing large plastics from our oceans is important, but it still doesn't address the microplastic pollution that's accumulated for years. Experts have argued that the smallest invisible plastics are the most insidious and that they're not convinced or at all optimistic about the ocean cleanup's mission. Southern Fried Science, which great name might I add, is a site dedicated to marine science and conservation. And they asked 15 ocean pollution experts about TOC and no one that was interviewed unreservedly supported the organization. The vast majority instead said that even if the idea may have some merit, they were concerned about its implementation and practicality. 25% of the experts stated that it was a bad idea with little or no redeeming value too. 
explaining that this could seriously harm marine life since the machine can't tell the difference between live animals and harmful trash. TOC said that a nearby vessel would monitor the machine's interactions and a flow system would move animals out of the way, but experts have remained skeptical. Other articles on the topic have said that removing large plastics from the ocean is a losing game, and it's nothing more than a splashy but ineffective project taken on by young entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and nonprofits to look like they're making a difference. The real way to tackle issues like this is by finding a way to pull existing microplastics from water and ideally getting quality waste management services to the people living by these polluted rivers. However, funding this science and getting garbage collection to 2 billion people is expensive and also not very flashy. This is one of the dirtiest beaches in the entire world. And we're gonna pick up every single piece of trash on this It's beach. easier to clean a beach and make a cool, high-tech looking machine that removes trash from rivers. It's just unfortunate that when you look at the science behind ocean pollution, it doesn't actually really support the ocean cleanup as much as I would have hoped. And again, while I'm sure Jimmy had fantastic intentions, intentions can only take you so far. We are absolutely in a global crisis when it comes to pollution. And I think one of the only things worse than ignoring it is supporting Band-Aid solutions, tossing money at the problem, then thinking you did your part when you really didn't do much at all. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who care about the earth and value Team C's. They believe they are doing their part and helping when in my opinion, I think they may have been misled a bit. So please, if you wanna help the environment, you also need to do your research with that. Jimmy has the potential to make a difference and a fantastic impact. Therefore, when you're funneling tens of millions of dollars into something, like the very least you can do is make sure you know where the money's going and what kind of benefit it's actually going to have. I don't know if he actually consulted ocean pollution experts on this or just took the ocean cleanup at their word, but either way, it's pretty disappointing that this is the end result. If you do wanna hear more about what experts have to say on the project, feel free to check my sources as well because I have all of that linked. Very interesting read, might I add. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I can't wholeheartedly speak to Jimmy's intentions on any of his projects. Maybe he's trying to help people in so many different ways and earn as much possible that he's not really thinking things through. I have no idea ultimately what goes through his head or how he structures these projects or goals or who he has on his team to really think these things through if he has anybody to think these things through. I just hope that he and his fans would be open to genuine criticism and understand that sometimes if you help in the wrong way, it might not be helpful at all. But with all of that being said, that is where I'm ending today's episode on the corporate casket. And if you learned something new in today's episode, please make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date to all the latest episodes. Again, if you wanna learn about any more of the information of anything I presented today, please make sure to check my sources. Everything should be in a nice little link and neatly labeled. Thank you so much for joining me to the end of today's episode. I do really appreciate it and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.